You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast, brought to you ad-free with the support of our patrons. Visit mashthosebuttons.com or stay tuned after the show for more details. Those Buttons podcast about Warcraft story and lore. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm Gragthar, Torn Hunter on Skywall US, and Katie, Clanker Goblin Resto Shaman on Earth and Ring US, is off tonight, but I'm here instead with Spaz Wesson. Yes, yes, I am here. So, so today is uh, March 31st, still technically, although for you, I think it's April 1st, right? You're already in April Fool's Land. That's correct. So... So yeah, we can't trust anything you say this evening. We're well, going to get all complete lies and disinformation about the uh, about the, uh, the the Necrolord, not the Necrolord, Revendreth. the Revendreth campaign. That makes sense. What's the, the Venthyr? What's the name of the Venthyr? The Vent? I, I, I completely drew a blank on that. They do nothing not but lie anyway. <laughs> so this is episode. Is this one twenty two? I think sounds about right. One twenty two. I'm going to say that. I don't. I have no idea if that's right or not. I don't have Katie with me, so I'm I'm completely off kilter. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so uh, how are you doing, Spaz? I'm not too bad. Five day weekend, so that's good. And yes, it is episode one twenty two. I just checked the website. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you know, I haven't actually been playing WoW that much because a bunch of other games have come out that have uh, snagged my attention, but. Uh, yeah. Well, I know what we we learned, but patch nine point one is going to be hitting the PTR in roughly two weeks, give or take. And so yes. that estimates put the patch hitting sometime around like end of June, July, maybe August. I mean, it's a bit of a broad window, but yeah, um, you know, it's kind of like trying to hit the side of a moving bus. True. So you've got time. You you've got. To, I feel like there's a lot of people who are complaining about. Warcraft lately, and I feel like the problem is that they they did everything. And if you if you've been kind of like busy and playing other games and kind of pacing yourself, then you've still got stuff to do. Mm. Like me, I haven't had time to play through the Revendreth campaign, which is why you're here. <laughs> of course, I do. I do wonder what what impact the you know the pandemic has had. Like, is if if there was no pandemic. Would we already be in nine point one? As because as far as the Talies and the Nevertale video I watched yesterday said, we would already be like in nine point one and almost in nine point two, according to the timeline of the last expansion. I would think so. But I, have no I, idea. I would. Th- I think the fact that they had to push the expansion back, I think that tell that tells you what their original plan was. They wanted it released out uh, end of October. I think that was that was always the original plan because they they were saying like oh yeah we're not behind at all like there was a little bit of a like a two week bump like learning curve getting everything back on schedule but then we've been going just fine and then I think then they realized like oh no like now now we're starting to see where the problems are and I can imagine that because of that month bump they had to pull people who normally would have been working on 
the additional content. Like, oh no, we you know we got to get this patch. We got the expansion out. So anybody who might be working on nine point one, it's more important that you work on the expansion. And they hit the expansion deadline, and then that that left them a little bit flat footed as far as getting into nine point one. So I wouldn't be surprised if the push to get the expansion out in a relatively short time is leading to the delay now. And it's it's an unusual situation. And I mean, I feel for Blizzard because none of this is their fault. <laughs> so. You know, we've just kind of got to roll with it and we'll, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make do, but there's, there's a lot of people I'm seeing unsubbing or talking about unsubbing. And it's not just because I'm on board with Torghast or on board with the Covenant or anything like that. Like everybody's got their own reason for leaving. It seems Activision Blizzard have made some um, questionable hiring choices recently. Well, that's, that's I don't even want to get in. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I I was having a chat with Fraz, Fra- Frasley, uh, the other day, and I was like, if they made me CEO of Blizzard, I could Activision Blizzard, I could easily save them a ton of money. Put me in as the CEO, pay me only a million dollars a year, bam, you save thirty nine million dollars a year. <laughs> like that, uh, Bobby Kotick makes way too much money. I reckon, but it's. Well, I mean, I don't. That I mean, wouldn't I, fix I, I everything, think but it's it's it, that's a it's a broader CEO issue. I mean, I think he's, yeah. you know, uh, it, that applies to any company that the CEO compensation is out of out of whack. But we yeah. we are a lore podcast, not a, a, a an economics podcast. <laughs> so are we going to talk? We are, not, are, are we going to talk about the leaks then, or are they April what, Fools? Uh, oh yeah, let let's early. talk about that. So was it uh, Handclaw on Twitter who? Uh, who who uh, revealed that he got some some uh, images indicating that the the next was it a patch or an expansion? It looked like an expansion because it had a because it had it had the Tinker class and it had yeah uh, it made no sense it, it makes no sense for something like that to be out now, which is all well, it it um, does, but for a very specific reason. <laughs> other than other than the fact that it tomor- that, yeah. tomorrow slash today is April first. My yes. issue is, if this is legitimate, either they are way far ahead, either their planning team is that far ahead, or this expansion, Shadowlands, is going to be very short, which I don't like the idea of. Well, I don't like a blown I mean, out 9.1, we then get maybe 9.2, and then 9 point, and then they're like, okay, 9.2 is it. The problem is that, and it could just be that they're like, let's just get through the pandemic, and and once this is over and everybody's back in the office, we can do, start the next expansion with the proper scheduling and kind of get get you know go from there. It makes this expansion feel a bit like Warlords, and Warlords was the last time we had a real lengthy gap between patches, uh, because even then you look at like six point one, and that was not really a patch. Um, no. So. You know, we really had, you know, really Warlords only had the two, you know, had the launch and then it had 6.2 when you got to non-jungle. And that was, that was really the main content. Yeah. And they chose, they chose to cut it off there so they could focus on the next expansion. Right. And I don't necessarily want to see them do that here. I mean, I understand the pandemic is messing with their scheduling, but I mean, it's, it's possible. I mean, it is possible that, you know, we could be facing Sylvanas and Chains Domination and then they could be like, and that's it. And we're done. And let's move on to the next thing. I mean, they did say like that fight would have like ma- massive ramifications for, uh, you know, like the Warcraft uh, universe and lore. And, and 
that certainly would be fitting of an end of expansion fight. I don't think that's what'll happen, but it it this expansion it just feels weird right now. It just feels weird. Yeah. Yeah. But to uh to address the 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 so-called leaks um and by the time this goes live, we'll know whether they were accurate or whether it was an April Fools joke. There's there, there's a problem with April Fools jokes and I see a lot of people like we don't want your stupid April Fools joke this year. Ugh. And I get that. I get that. Because the problem is like there's two kinds of April Fools jokes. There's the April Fools jokes where the joke is that you fell for it. Ha ha, you're an idiot. And I'm laughing at you. And then there's the joke like here's this completely silly ludicrous thing that we can all laugh at together. Blizzard usually does the latter where they put out the, the goofy patch notes and they have some zany content that they put up, even if it winds up becoming real, like the Pandaren. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. like, like they'll throw, like they'll throw on one hand, you have like the terrible ones that are believable in some way. Then you have the crazy far out ones that are like the blizzard fighting game. Yeah. A few years back. That was, that was hilarious. That was great. We all knew that was fake. And then you have the ones like, in heroes where they're like oh yeah on april 1st everyone has a giant head and we don't yeah. we and we don't mention it we, it just everybody logs in and they're like why is everyone's head huge to check the patch notes no 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 on april 2nd everything's back to normal and they're like what the what the hell was that and it's like those are the those are the good ones where right. they're something that happens and is is effective and it's interesting or it's this is a crazy idea and is obviously not real. Right. And th- those are the ones where those are the ones you remember. And those are the ones where we're all in on the joke. And so we can all laugh at it together. I mean, I, again, like last year, people were saying, don't do April fool's jokes. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, with, with the, 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 the thunder fury episode. And I'm sorry, we didn't get to do an April fool's episode this year. Our scheduling just didn't work, but, but don't worry. We do have an idea. One of these years we'll get to another one, but, <laughs> but you know, like the Thunder Fury episode, like there was n- like the only person I feel who was maliciously hurt by that, I guess you could say, is the one person who reached out to us and said, like, I, I, I hit play on your show and then I started working and I couldn't touch it. And I got stuck listening to the whole hour by, by with no choice of my own. And I feel bad for that person. I listened to the whole but, episode. But see, there, there are plenty of people that did, which I'm surprised at. <laughs> and I thank you for that. But like, if you, you know, like, you, but that was a joke that we could all share in like, oh, I see what they're doing. And you laughed at that. And so it's like. I like to think that was an okay, acceptable April fool's joke. And I think you you can execute one. Well, a wow leak done in the style of this undermine leak where it's meant to look authentic. The joke is on you for believing it. That's, and this, this becomes malicious and it becomes malicious. Not just, even if you're like, Oh, it's April fool's. I know this is a joke, but I mean, I'll admit, I just skimmed it over. I didn't see anything inherently funny about the presentation. Like it was like, no, this all looked legitimate. There were a bunch of trade princes listed. The tinker class looked serious. Um, You know, everything that they were putting out there, it was done to look as realistic as possible. Absolutely. So the, the, so the, the punchline is whether or not you believe it. And then the problem is that, I mean, for any wow expansion, there are people that don't like it and there are always people complaining, but again, because of where we are in shadowlands with this just being so weird, there's a lot of people, you know, upset and, and leaving the game and whatnot. And so, of course, you get the, you know, this 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 leak is way better than anything that we've got going on in the game right now. And it makes you feel worse about playing the game when some somebody with just a few little Photoshop slide presentations yeah. can make it fe- make you know pr- give you better content. And it just it it no like this benefits nobody in in uh, other than the guy that made it and is laughing at everybody. Like this is this this benefits nobody. 
And, you know, like those are the kind of April Fool's jokes that need to stop. Yeah, there's, like there's a way to like if it was the next expansion is World of Warcraft Starcraft. And it's like, okay, that's obviously fake. Right. That's that's obvious. But when they make it when and as I think this may not even come from Blizzard. This may have been just some random person putting this together themselves and leaking it sort of left and right on various anonymous locations, just trying to start just just because. I'm I'm assuming it is. I mean, well, I, I think again, we'll know by the time this goes live, we'll we'll know more. Of course. Um, but this doesn't seem like the kind of thing the Blizzard would do. Like they'll do the the fake patch notes, mm. um, but they yeah. don't. The Heroes they, of they the Storm they, patch notes are hilarious. Yes, yes, and it just it, it, this is this is I think the problem when you're a company like Blizzard is that somebody. You know, I mean, you've got so much fan created content, look at us, but you've got, you know, somebody out there can do something boneheaded and it reflects back poorly on Blizzard and Blizzard has no say in the matter. They can't say, don't put out April Fool's jokes about our, you know, about our games. Like they can't, they can't stop this. And so it's, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what this happens, but I mean, I don't know, watch there'll be egg on my face in November when BlizzCon happens proper and they announce undermine as the next expansion and we're all going to be like wow like that that that's a well-played april fool's joke you leak that now so we all think it's dumb and then in like you know what five six months we, we uh we find out we were wrong that i would i would that's the only way that uh the the, the twitter user that leaked that can be redeemed in my opinion <laughs> yeah i don't know what else to say yeah. i think i think we've, we've talked that comment out but I don't know, but I, 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 like, just don't don't hate on April Fools. I feel like there's so many people out there that are like, oh, don't do April Fools. They're like, do April Fools right. It yes. can be saved. There, 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 there are plenty of there are plenty of April Fools jokes from the heyday of the internet that uh, I still look back on fondly. Yeah, yeah, and there were there are plenty that were also very mean. Yes, that's yeah. also true. <laughs> I honestly, I would love if I logged into WoW and ha- went down and spoke to Venari. Venari was just like, how's it going, best friend? I'd be like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> just, just that. They, yes. For one day, Venari refers to me as their best friend. And I'll be like, what are you planning? And tomorrow it's just like, I'm sorry, who are you? I've never spoken to you before. Oh, okay. Fair we, find, we find out Venari can get drunk. Oh. <laughs> uh, has, anyone, I w- has anyone thrown the party grenades? At the Ooh. brokers, what dance do they wait? Do NPCs dance? Do brokers have a dance? I'm, go- I'm gonna say I don't think so, but maybe worth testing at some point. So I don't, I can't remember if, if anyone NPCs out there knows dance, the answer. Get get back to us. I kind of want to log in now, but I don't think I have any of those dance bombs. You're gonna have to find a find a blingtron. Mm, yeah. <laughs> hope, hope hope you're all well, mm. but. All right, let's uh, well, let's get into it here. Enough, enough talk about April Fools. Uh, Fair enough. So, as we work our way through the Covenant campaigns, we've talked about the uh, the the Ardenweald campaign of the uh, the Night Fae. We talked about the Necrolord campaign in Maldraxxus, and now it's time to talk about the Venthyr campaign in Revendreth. Now, I have not had the luxury of playing through that campaign yet. I am looking forward to it in the near future. But Spaz, that is why I asked you to come on the show today. Because I know you have played through the you've played through all the campaigns now, correct? Correct. Okay. Yes, I've completed so, all four. 
so with with with, with that said, uh, if you want to start us again as established, the first two chapters of the campaign are the, what everybody goes through: learning about Torghast, meeting Venari. Mm-hmm. You know, who's, you know, not bringing her alcohol, unfortunately. Um, but uh, you know, watching get, Bane get unlocking... thrown off a cliff. Yes, unlocking the Runekeeper and his one arm. Mm-hmm. That's gotta. That's got to be very uncomfortable. And then, then you figure now he's stuck on the one arm. And at least he, as much as it's good to have the one arm free, it's still got to be terrible on the other shoulder. Oh, absolutely. He, that, yeah, going to be a lot of pain. He's going to need some, some Vicodin or something. But mm. um, but anyway, yeah, so that's all the, the first two chapters. And then you finally get into the Covenant proper. So if you want to start us there, and then let's, uh, let's go with the story. So I just wanted to uh, bring one thing up. Um, in the Venthyr Covenant Hall, there is a something I discovered. There is actually a back way out, which I didn't realize there was. You can actually go down in through the Covenant. Like, I think you can go through the teleporter and down and out, and you get to a um, an area where there's like a doorway with bars in it. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I can't get out that way. And then several days later, I realized. Oh yeah, the covenant ability that everyone has for the Venthyr is a short-range teleport. <laughs> oh yeah, you can just teleport through that uh, that set of bars. And I was nice. like, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I, I realized that way later than I should have. And the worst part is, if you are on the outside you actually see NPCs occasionally run towards the bars and then cast that spell and, t- and like, uh, sort of portal through and to the other side, like they're blinking through. Nice. And I was like, okay, I'm a dumb. <laughs> I don't quite funny. remember where it takes you out, but it is in a place where it's like, if you end up there, it's quicker to go that way than like find the nearest flight path or whatever. But yeah, so chapter three, um, you speak with Prince Renathal, and he wants you to gather the Court of Harvesters, which is basically the group that are the ones that Denathrius trusts with the they're medallions of power that, you know, give them power over certain sections of of Revendreth itself. Um, it's a it's a bit of a weird. It's it's a lot of you. You're introduced to a lot of people. Um, so basically, you need to get the Countess, the Tithe Lord, and the Stone Right to help you. Um, so you, you go meet them for, in, in various places. Um, in the end, none of them agree to help you, which is really weird. Uh, so it fe- kind of feels like, oh, I did all that for nothing. All right, then, fair enough. Um, you also gain your first Soulbind, who is Theotar. Um, his abilities are really strange. That's fitting. Um, yeah, one of them, one of them is that um, his. Oh, what are they called? The the little guys. Oh, the uh, the, 
The dredges. The dredges, yes. Yeah, so the two so when his ability procs, the two dredges appear and hold up his umbrella for you. And as long as you're standing in the shade of the umbrella, I think you get a mastery bonus. Huh. Of like a couple hundred mastery or something. It, it's it's really weird. Um but yeah, so pretty much when you go through that chapter, you do a whole bunch of quests for a whole like group, and they all just are like, mm, no, we don't want to deal with Prince Renathal. He's, you know, they they all just assume he wants to take over for Denathrius and, you know, become the new, you know, a-hole in charge. Well, I mean, he... Doesn't he? Or uh, I mean, not 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 that he wants to become the new a hole, like, but somebody's got to take over for Demetrius. There has to be yeah. an a hole in charge. At, at this and why point, why not Redithal? <laughs> at this point, he's trying to put together a resistance to overthrow Demetrius, and they're all just okay, so, they're all too far on he on. They're sort of too far on Demetrius's side. Okay, so so the ra- the raid hasn't happened yet. No, so this this. Like all the campaigns, this takes place after the leveling, but before the raid. Okay, okay. So, yeah, Denathrius has done what he's done, but he is too powerful for anyone to want to go against him because those who have gone against him have been thrown into the um the sun blighted area, uh, sinful that area. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. So then with chapter four, um, uh, Renathal says, look, if they're not going to help us, then we'll try and steal their medallions, which are, which were given to them, which is the thing that grants them all the power that they have, most of the power that they have. They make a point of being like, this makes them powerful, but even without it, they're still quite powerful. So don't just expect it to be a walk in the park. You know, uh, the first is the Medallion of Desire from the Countess. Um, basically, you sneak into the Countess's estate with the help of Theotar's former butler. Um, and you go through like a secret ent- entrance uh, to have a chat with her. Sorry, not to talk with her, sorry, to try and steal the medallion. But upon getting in there, she already knew she was expecting you, basically. Okay. And she turns around and says, I'll give you the medallion as long as no one knows I give it, gave it to you and you help me figure out who's trying to undermine my power because there seems to be a, 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 a plot within her court that they're over, trying to overthrow her. Um, it is kind of weird because you... You attend a party and a bunch of other stuff to find out who it is. In the end, though, you find there's no concrete evidence to, for any of the names listed at the end. And I had to read up on it, and basically every option is correct. Yes, yes, that's uh, that, that's murder on the Orient Express. If I, if I can give a spoiler alert, oh. <laughs> yeah, where yeah, the, where yeah, he he tries to solve the murder, and he's like, wait, like everybody's just as liable to be guilty. And it turns out like, no, all of them are guilty. They were all in on it. So that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So you, you know, you get to that point and it just says pick from this list of, 
you know, name the house that is the traitor, and you get given the list, and then it's like, all right, you know, pick one. Doesn't matter which. Um, you know, you could choose uh, Briar Bane, Primrose, Dark Vein, Sour Wine, Duskmire, and then Sinfang. And I think on Wowhead, um, everyone's picking. Uh, sour wine, I think it was, because the NPC that you have to then go kill is closest to you. Oh. <laughs> so you don't have to go as far to to nice. be like, I pick that guy who's right next to me instead of that guy who's over so, the other side. <laughs> so it's so pretty random. Is, is, is this supposed to be like an indication that in Revendreth and within all these courts and, and their, their social hierarchy that basically no one is to be trusted, that everyone is always trying to undermine everybody else at, all the time? Yes, it is very much a uh what's what's the what's the term? Um backstabby? Yeah, it's very I'm trying to think political? Yeah, there's a specific word that I'm trying to think of, but I I can't grasp Machiavellian? it. Machiavellian? Yes. That's the word. Where everyone is everyone is like putting together these complex machinations so that they can move forward and everybody else gets pulled down. But then as soon as thing, the ball starts rolling, it starts just throwing everyone out of, out of whack and everything just breaks down. So it looks like at the moment, Revendreth is in a state where everyone has a knife out, but no one's ready to like stab basically. So yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of like the world of darkness, the, tabletop role-playing game yes. uh, vampire the masquerade as it were oh, dealing yes. with all the political intrigue that goes into that and it's like oh gosh there's so much to it yeah if if, if yeah if you can find a, a, a game master who understands political intrigue and can set up that kind of world and then play that for you that is that can be really fun yeah so Chapter five, you help find. So you help the curator to find the medallion that uh, she has. Um, basically, she hid it in a mirror that she broke, uh, so that if anything were to happen, she would know where to get it, because she doesn't need it necessarily to like keep her power as it is. Um, you find a bunch of people with different pieces. Um, pretty much all of them you have to kill someone to get, and then you have to help her with like a specific spell to stop the ward on the actual mirror itself. Um, pretty much once you, it's pretty straightforward through there. You walk through the mirror, you get a hold of it. That's there's not much else to it, from what I remember. Um, just trying to think if there was anything else major that happens in that chapter. No, not really. So how, how many how many members of the Court of Harvesters are there total? Then, because right now we've gone to the Countess, we've gone to the Curator. So is is, is are there? I'm, I'm I mean I'm guessing additional chapters will probably have us going to other members. I'm just wondering like. Is it only like four of them, or is, is it like it's a lot, and we're just going to hit a few uh, well, like big time? Members? From what I can tell, there are more medallions than you get a hold of in the campaign. Um, the the Stonewright, the Tithe Lord, and the Countess 
are sort of the three major ones. I'm trying to remember. So yeah, yeah, you you the countess and the curator you deal with. The curator, I believe, was sort of on the outs with Denathrius anyway, and so wasn't um a hundred percent, you know, evil in air quotes with everyone else. Um once you get into chapter six, you actually uh you speak with General Draven and Theotar, and you actually head to Bastion. So a little bit of change okay. of scenery. Okay, um, I think I know where this is going because I've been playing through the Bastion campaign, but go on. <laughs> so you head into Bastion yourself, and then you look for a location where they have hidden a I guess you'd say a Venthium mirror okay. as a as a backdoor into Bastion. Which is really interesting because they're just like, yeah, no, it's been hidden for a very long time. It has been there for a very long time, and hopefully they haven't found it. And you you go uh, with Theatar, who sort of un you know, makes it appear, and Wait, it's like, did, whoa, holy shit, it's still here. Did Denathrius hide this, or was it just like some random Venthyr did this? I on a, off the top of my head, I don't quite. No, um, I think in the, I think in the campaign they mentioned that it's been there for quite a while, but other than that, I don't think there was any sort of specific. Because the the thing about Denathrius is that we know he's working with the jailer now. We know he's betrayed the other covenants, betrayed his own covenant, frankly. Mm-hmm. But like at some point, he had to be allied with. The other covenants because he's part of the, the 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 plan to trap the jailer and you know the the you know get the you know set up the shadowlands as it was set up you know he's he, at some point he was all on board with that and then he later realized that oh no actually i should be working with the jailer and i'm gonna break everything that i'm part of here and so i wonder if like it's the kind of thing where like yeah back in the day he might have been visiting uh was it Carestria the 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 firstborn uh the the archon you know, maybe he was visiting her on a regular basis that, yeah, he needed a portal over there because, oh, yeah, it's quick. I'm, I'm going to come over. And then, because a re- um, the- Renathal was, you know, Denathrius's right hand, was he not? Right. So he would probably be aware of it. So um, the description for the quest, the first quest to go find the mirror, is uh, if Renathal is going to put the Harvester's Medallion to use, he's going to need a conduit to focus the power. Denathrius' corruption taints the Forge of Revendreth. Our best option is in Bastion. As denizens of Revendreth, Bastion will not allow us to enter through Oribus. We need you to activate a mirror hidden away there long ago. Uh, he gives us a compact looking glass. Uh, we concealed it at a rarely used site, the Veiled Enclave. There should be no one there, especially with the drought. Hmm. So that's all we have in terms of who or why it's there, but apparently it's been there for ages. Well, it's it's interesting too that there's a back door between Revendreth and Bastion. Does the name Laurent mean anything to you? Because the item you're given is called Laurent's Compact Looking Glass. Not off the top of my head, no. Okay possible no, that it, that means something but it, it's interesting that it's Revendreth and Bastion because the, 
like I feel like each of the like like there there are like certain connections between each of the four covenants, and the Revendreth and Bastion connection is very much that they have this entire underclass of stewards and dredgers who exist just to serve and are kind of almost ignored from any sort of actual like 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 political standpoint. I know uh the Forge Light Prime, what is it? Uh Mechanikos, Mechanikos, yes. whatever you say his name. Like I know he's yeah. a steward. Um, and he kind of has some power being the the Forge Light Prime. But for the most part, I mean they're they're treated as an underclass. And it's also, you know, they're also both the same covenants or, or the same uh afterlives where you purge your memories but in different ways. Whereas in, in Bastion you purge your memories to uh, you know, ascend and become a Kyrian and, and you don't have those memories. So you don't have any past judgments or any sort any sort of biases to influence you when you're, you're, uh, you know, taking souls from the world. Whereas in Revendreth, you want to purge your memories, uh, you know, and, and because they, they can be used against you and the, you know, that's the power of the sin stones. And so in a lot of ways, Revendreth and Bastion, they, they feel like, they feel like two sides of the same coin. Absolutely. Maybe like one's like a twisted, a twisted mirror of the other one. So it's very, very fascinating that there would be a, a literal connection between the two of them through this old ancient mirror. Yeah, the that, weird, that's the weird thing that I've found is the the dredge for the dredges, they are you know ostensibly dredged up and forced to work, but they see it as well. I've got nothing better to do, and then <laughs> the the. Uh, Oh, what are they called? In the Bastion. stewards. The stewards. Stewards. They are well. We don't know how the stewards are created, but their whole thing is: if I'm not helping someone, then I feel useless. So I have to help where I can, because well, at one point there was, I think it was a, a text from someone, like someone in game says it, where they're like, "Oh no, I I told one of the stewards that." I didn't need anything and I was fine. And they broke down and cried because they couldn't help me <laughs> or something along those lines. And I'm like, that could be taken in two ways. Either these things are brainwashed into you have to help or else, or they are just genuinely pure beings that are like, I'm here to help. Let me help. But then can't handle the whole, Oh no, I'm good. I'm good for now. Thank you. Sort of thing. I'm, I'm going to say it's the latter because they seem fairly simple. And and, I, mm. and frankly, if they were brainwashed, although that would be more interesting, that also it puts a cruel twist on Bastion. I don't think Blizzard intends. No, especially, uh, after, the it's, Mal, it's, especially after the Maldraxxus campaign. It shows Bastion in a different light where it's like, oh, this isn't a brainwashed cult. This is yes. a, this is a, uh, you know, your memories are nothing but knives in your back. Let us remove those knives so you can heal, sort of a thing. Right, right. But yeah, because it, it yeah, it, which is funny because as I said, I'm pay- playing through the Bastion campaign, and I thought, oh, I'll get to see um, the Alexandros quest from the Bastion side, and that part I did not. There is there is some overlap, and we'll get to that next week. Yeah, um, no, that's that, just that, straight that, up. The one not. part I was expecting. Yeah, that's straight up. Yeah, just not. which, which I feel like that that insight. That insight into Bastion is something that I want on the character that's in Bastion, not on my Necrolord character who doesn't yeah. care about Bastion. I feel, I feel like they little... should have done both sides of it. As a Necrolord, you take him there, 
and you sort of walk him around and you're just like, oh, this place is, you know, coming from a necrolord and this place is gross, whatever. But then on the Bastion side, you should invite him in and be like, let us show you our process. And then, you know, one of the higher ups turns around and goes, no, no, no. You here as a model in Bastion, you think we're just wiping their memory to make them slaves. No, no, no. This is actually what we're doing to help them sort of a thing. Right. But it doesn't exactly work like that. And it still gives a puts a massive question mark over Bastion right. more but than it does as it relates the other side. But as Bastion relates to the stewards, though, once you understand that Bastion is a place where people who are just inherently called to serve go, mm. that there it ha- like service is almost like built into its foundation mm. that it makes sense that if you were to raise some kind of lower life form you know like the stewards that they would have that innate sense of service because everything around them is imbued with a sense of service everything it, it's it's part of the structure and so i that's why i wouldn't think that the the, the stewards are brain i suppose you could if you wanted to call that brainwashing i mean on some mm. level it might be but it makes sense. Like they are born from service to do service. And that's just part of their being. That, that's, yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. If the very first thing, like when they pop into existence, the first thing someone says is we would like you to help everyone that you can help. Their first response would be, Oh, okay. That makes sense. And when someone says, Oh no, I don't need help. Then they're like, okay, I'll go help someone else. And if they get 10 down the line and everyone's like, we don't need help then they're probably going to have an existential crisis. If no one needs help, why should I be here? Sort of a thing. Right. That's what it feels right. like. Whereas at least the dredgers, they seem a little bit like, oh, I got nothing better to do, but it's like, oh, well, okay, mm. well, I don't need your help. Well, I'll find, I'll find something else to do then because I mean, yeah. I'm, not, you know, I'm not doing anything, yeah. but I can- If I'm know. not doing something, I'm going to get in trouble. So I'm going to look busy as, you know, right. without doing too much work. So- sounds like right. me when I used to work at a um, <laughs> sports club. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, the dredgers need a union. <laughs> yeah, they say that. They do say that. They do say that, actually. You're right. Mm-hmm. So. Don't know what they want my teeth for, though. But that's another thing. That's, yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So so you go through the this this mirror. You get into Bastion, mm-hmm. and you're looking for, what was it again? The Medallion of Avarice. All right. So once you get a hold of that, all of these medallions are put on a very large sort of um, statue in the middle of the Covenant Hall, and there's places for all of them. Pretty much every single time, it's just like you go back to the cut and you put it in the place, and Renathal's just like, excellent, I'll see you later. And then, you know, you wait till you get the right renown for the next quest. Now that we are in Bastion, um, you head with you go with Draven and Theotar to speak with um, Mechanicos at the forge, and at first he's like, "Holy shit! Why are people from Revendreth here in Bastion?" And then Draven is like, "No, we we are here to talk. You know, we need your help with something." And I think his response is like, "Why should I trust?" you the only reason i'm letting you talk with me is because of the moorwalker from for what the moorwalker has done for bastion i will like tolerate your presence basically and so he's very hesitant 
to deal with them. Um, let's see. Well, at least that, I, I guess that's one good way that they're using the character because as we see these covenants sort of interacting, uh, you know, in the parts where they cross over, like they do rely on the mall walker and it's important that we all went through the same leveling experience as far as getting familiar with each of the respective covenants. Yeah. We um, are because, a very yeah, thin so, thread that's holding everything together. Exactly. Exactly. So like, yeah, when, 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 uh, when the Venthyr need to go talk to Bastion, they can bring us and Bastion's like, Oh yeah, you're the guy that was here. You went through all our trials to be ascended. Like you're, you're cool in our book. So we'll, we'll deal with you. Yeah. So I, ha- so. I have the quote here. So, uh, Mechanica says, Draven, hmm, come at your sire's bidding. I see. And Morwalker, why are you here? Draven says, Denathrius has betrayed us all. The Moorwalker is helping us redeem Revendreth from Denathrius's power. We need your skill as the Forgelight Prime. Um, his response is, little reason to trust you, Stoneborn, but this mortal has served Bastion, and a steward always helps his friends. So, because we did so much in Bastion for them in the first place, he trusts us. So, yeah. Because there's no way, because like they said, you know, denizens of, of Revendeth can't just fly up to Oribus and be like, I'm taking the next the next uh, ship across to, to Bastion. That's just not how it works. From there, he basically says, look, you know, uh, a bunch of my shit has been stolen. So I can't do my work. You go and you recover... His one of his apprentices has uh, I think she stole his hammer. You then have Faistus? Uh, is Famous was the name. F A M O S. Okay, because in the Bastion campaign you have to help him get the hammer Faistus. So I guess he's losing all his hammers all the time. If that I think that is the name of his hammer. Yes, uh, yes, Festus, the Genesis of Aeons, which I'm guessing. Oh, okay. So you're getting. Yeah. Okay, so, so you're okay because that, that's one of the Bastion quests is to get him the hammer face Festus. So. Oh yeah! Oh, During I, I, the I, I, questing, we get it for him. He loses it again, and then we help oh, him okay, find so it a it- second time. <laughs> okay. All right, Mykonos, you uh, yeah. you, you gotta. Build yourself a better toolbox. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, my, well, Hephaestus, I'm guessing, is a reference to the Greek god Hephaestus of the Forge, which is pretty that cool. That sounds about right. Um, so basically, you get there and you ask him to create a crown. So Renathal's plan is to get all of the medallions together, forge them all, put all their power into the a crown, a single crown, that then one person can use to fight against Denethrius, because that much power should come together to be able to match and best Denethrius, so that they can overthrow him. So you find like a, a mold of uh, of a, a circlet, you find the hammer, and you find a bunch of purif- well, you get a bunch of metal and purify it for him. Once you actually forge the crown, um. It goes a little bit wonky because it turns out there is still uh, sort of the echo of Denathrius in the crown. Not quite sure why or how that works. 
But um, once you forge the crown, you start using it to attack the the Morsworn, and you start to hear Denathrius like the pop up with his voice, saying, "You know, yes, use my power, blah blah blah. Serve me. My influence is irrefutable." And it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why? Why would Denathrius have this much power over? You know, the crown, and then. Thinking about it, you realize, well, he probably has a little bit of his essence in all of the medallions. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, Mechanicus says that the crown is bent to Denathrius's will by lingering influence, and you need to head to the Citadel of Loyalty to fix it. Um, I do find it quite weird because, right, so General Draven is just like, all right, cool, I'll meet you there, and flies off. And I'm like, would he not just get shot down for flying across Bastion? Because <laughs> he had to go through a specific portal and sort of stealth his way through to get to us. And then it's just like, all right, I'm going to fly to the other side of Bastion. I'll meet you there. It's like. Maybe, maybe if he goes high enough or or maybe he goes like he can fly like under bastion and go kind of a long way kind of thing true true just you know fly under the radar as best as he can if he keeps a, a depending on how he keeps his profile he might just look like an angel from far enough off true so once once you get to the uh i i just said it and i had a mind blank uh, the temple of loyalty yeah so uh, once once you get there um you sort of go through this purging ritual where you have to fight Wait. an echo of Denathrius. Is the Temple of Loyalty controlled by the Forsworn at this point, or it's been... I believe it or- still is. Okay, so you have to fight your way in, in there through the Forsworn. Yes. And then you, then you can do your ritual where you fight Denathrius. Yeah, I'm just checking here. Uh, you have to drain the anima from several barriers to get through, and then you also have to kill 15 Citadel Forsworn to be able to get through to the Citadel of Loyalty with them. So yeah, a couple of extra quests that require you to basically clear the area out before you're able to, you know, perform this ritual unharmed, basically. Uh, the Echo of Denathrius appears, and, you know, you dare defy my reign, insolence, blah blah blah, and then you just have to fight him. Um, it's not not too difficult from what I remember. Um, pretty sure I was in tank spec, so it was pretty straightforward. Um, once you clear, once you sort of cleanse the crown and remove his influence, um, Draven and Mechanicus sort of have a little bit of a chat. And he says, you know, we must express our thanks. Um, without your aid and trust, we would never have succeeded. And uh, Mechanicus says, uh, "We are in this together, but remember when Bastion needs. Uh, remember that when Bastion needs help." So, in my mind, with all of these little bits of like zones sort of dipping into each other through different stories, I feel that at some point, you know, one of the zones, I, I think maybe Bastion, will become under attack by. A completely external force, and I mean, it may come in a cutscene, or it may just be when you're fighting whatever it is back. There will be the you know, the blue people of Bastion. There'll be a bunch of you know hulking corpses doing what they do, 
and a, a you know a bunch of Revendreth people fighting alongside them as well. But um, I don't know if that's just like a, a little bit of a nod to it to be like, yeah, you know, we helped you, you help us. We know you're the good guys, like with um, uh, the Necro Lords, you know. Right. When Bastion was like, we don't trust the Necro Lords. It's like, well, they're the bad Necro Lords and we're the good ones. So can you help us <laughs> kick their ass, please? And they're like, we don't trust you, but we don't think you're lying. So, all right, we'll help you just a little bit, sort of a thing. Well, it seems that patch 9.1 will have the Covenants working together as they go into uh, the Corthia, I think is the new, yes. the new zone or whatever. So. Um, you know, so there will be some, some, uh, interaction there. Mm. Um, but I, I wonder though, again, another connection between Revendreth and Bastion is that it was it when, uh, the jailer says there's three keys left. If you believe, if, if you believe there's five keys, one for each zone and then the arbiter, um, that would mean the arbiter and then, uh, Maldraxxus and, uh, Ardenweald still have their keys. Uh, because Denathrius presumably would have given his key over to the jailer willingly since they're working together. And we saw that Anduin took the key from uh, the, the Archon, in which case Revendreth and Bastion have both already been raided. They don't have their keys anymore. They're kind of uh, not like stuck, but I don't, I don't know if there's any negative consequence of them losing their keys. Um, but at the very least, like they don't have that power anymore the jailers in a way the jailer might be done with them and that frees them up yeah that's to, true you know go go we work with somebody else we don't really know what that power does specifically like in bastion it doesn't stop like it doesn't stop their ascension or anything i think maybe it's just that that's one aspect of of the thing that keeps the jailer down. Like, I don't think right. there's much more to it because if the jailer were to take all of the power of the Archon, I feel like the Archon would be just turned to ash. Or, or severely, I mean, we, you know, I mean, less we blue, haven't, we, maybe. Haven't, we haven't seen the Archon post stabbing other than that little like arm shake. That is true. Uh, to indicate that she survived. So we don't know what kind of shape she's going to be in, but, and uh, you know like, we'll find all this out like, presumably in two weeks when it's on the PTR. <laughs> that is but, true. Uh, so you know, we'll have to- at this point in the in the story, this is technically when uh, the dungeon occurs. Oh, okay. Where you the- head into the Sanguine Depth to rescue the special prisoner. Yes. And the raid occurs as well. So the raid is sort of midway through this story, as it were. I have been wondering. I've been trying to piece together when exactly the raid happens. And the only thing I know from the other covenants, in particular the, the Necrolord, is that when, uh, when Kael'thas shows up. And you're like, okay, if Kael'thas shows up, the raid already happened. And that's yes. the only clue that I have. So that's where it is. So um, during the raid, that's when you discover and obtain the, air quotes, powerful soul, one fused with dark purpose. And obviously, we know who that is, um, and so that's they're given to the accuser. Um, and then in this chapter, chapter seven, the accuser sort of says, "Hey, I need help with redeeming this soul. He's been burdened with sins that are not his own, and at this point, if we don't do anything about it, he's basically a ticking time bomb." And 
if that were to go off, we have no idea what will happen, sort of a thing. Whose sins is his soul burdened with? We don't know, but it seems like it's many people. He is burdened with the the uh the the mis- the sins of many people because there is a s- I'll I'll mention it later um but yeah I mean he did do a lot of questionable stuff so I yes. mean I'm not surprised his soul is burdened but the yes. other people part I mean does he I, this isn't the kind of thing where he somehow feels guilty for no so what I like, think what this is Silver Moon I think this is the equivalent of Hey, let's go steal some um, some bastion wings and try and stitch them onto our uh, constructs in in Revan in um the, for the Necrolords. Like they were right. trying to do things that that are way bigger than what they can handle. And so in this case, I think basically they were like, "Well, what would happen if we put all the all the sins of, into one person?" Would this empower them? Would this make him stronger? Were they planning on just filling him up and being like, here you go, Necrolords, take him back. Then they stand and plug their ears and wait for him to explode. Huh. Like, you know, we, we have no actual clue what their aim was because we have no information about it. Or, like, even, you know, even Kael'thas himself has no idea. Um... But yeah, so the accuser, the one that we were dealing with during the leveling campaign, um, you know, says, look, there is a soul from Azeroth. I would like your assistance with uncorrupting its sin stone. And, you know, at first you're like, oh, they're from Azeroth. Who could that possibly be? And it's Kalthas Sunstrider. And it's like, holy shit. What the hell is going on? And now, obviously, with Revendreth, the people on Renethal's side see every soul as redeemable, whereas from what I can tell is everyone that's on Denathrius' side, they see every soul as just a battery in, in the way of the more sins they have, the more Anna we can get out of them quickly, whereas... And they're, like, not trying to actually redeem them, because if they get redeemed, they go elsewhere and we, they don't get the anima. So then, you know, the, the accuser basically says, look, this is not how this works. We don't just torture people for infinity, and that's the end of it. We make them aware of their sins, we make them redeem themselves for their sins, and then we send them to where they should be, which is, you know, elsewhere. When they're in Revendreth, they walk the path of redemption for a reason. So, so Revendreth, Revendreth is very much a, a purgatory. Absolutely, yes. So like, like you said about Bastion, Bastion, they purge their memories so that they may then move forward as a neutral being that, has, that doesn't have any, um, you know, any bias. Whereas in Revendreth, it's more of you need to admit that you fucked up in life and you need to realize that that made you a terrible person. And then once you do that, we will figure out where you should spend the rest of eternity. My guess would be 
probably not many souls go from Revendreth to Bastion. I would guess. Yeah, probably not. I would guess I would f- they're mutually exclusive. If you end up in Revendreth, you won't go to Bastion. Well, I don't know. I wonder, because on the one hand, well, like almost what's the point of purging their, uh, like what's the point of purging their sins and letting them become a better person if you're then going to send them to Bastion where they're going to be purged of their memories anyway? It's like you, cl- you, you exactly. clean them just like, yeah. So like it, it, if if you're... If you're a terrible, terrible person, but you somehow have that deep belief in service, and I'm not sure that you, I'm, and I'm trying to figure out a way that those aren't mutually exclusive. Mm. But well, look at um, I suppose uh, uh, Alexandros. He had a deep service of the light and ended up a necro lord when he thought he should have gone to Bastion. Right. Right, but he, well, but he. But I guess my point is he didn't wind up in Revendreth. <laughs> yes, at least that we know of. But here's the thing: if Kael'thas were to be fully, you know, um, you know, uh, done with his sins, he wouldn't go to Ardenweald. He wouldn't go to Bastion. He might go to Mount Draxus, but. Chances are he'll probably go somewhere else that we don't know. I I feel like Maldraxxus is specifically designed to be like the afterlife for like 90% of characters in World of Warcraft because we're all so combat focused. Yeah, it's, like in the, it's, anybody, in the title. it's in the title. Right. Anybody we run across, it's like, oh, you'd actually be a good candidate for Maldraxxus, even if you're just like the librarian in like Goldshire. Yeah. Like you still, yeah. you, you can still uh, I mean, like, imagine, imagine Kalthas. Uh, you know, being finally purged of his sins, and they're like, awesome. Step through this doorway, you will enjoy your afterlife. And he steps through, and the first thing he hears is, get in the pit! And he's like, (laughs) I can just imagine him being like, okay, now I'm gonna start enjoying myself in the afterlife. And then he just rains hell, like, just rains fire down on everything in in that um, arena. He would be fun to see in the pit. Absolutely. Although that would be fun is to see just a bunch of the different raid bosses like like leave uh Revendreth and just go into the like just see them all fighting in the pit at once and just that you know, get Garrosh in there, get uh, uh what uh I think Le Shen, I think is didn't didn't we see something the like Thunder he's somewhere? King. Black Black Hand from the raid would yes. be would be good to see. Um I'd like to see Kargath Bladefist in there getting his ass kicked. Of all, of all people, he deserves to be there just because yeah, he's terrible fight. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so basically, you agree to help the accuser deal with Kael'thas, and as soon as you sort of free him, the first thing he says is, get out of my way, I have work to do. And she's just like, no, you don't give the orders here. And basically, like, chains him down and is like, Here's what we need to do. We need to figure out what his true sin what are the true sins of Kael'thas Sunstrider. You know, what character flaws he has and what is the terrible things he's done. So you have to answer like three sort of questions. The first is what character flaw has hindered him most? Jealousy, arrogance, or greed? And what it does Arrogance. is it puts three 
like images in front of you of Kaelthas. There's like the vi- the vision of arrogance where he's like standing above people. Um, the vision of jealousy where he's like staring at like a couple. And then there's the vision of greed where he's like standing on top of like piles of money. And so hmm. you select the which one. Uh, in the end, uh, jealousy was the correct answer. Oh, it was jealousy. Oh, oh wait, sorry. Jealousy and greed are incorrect. Oh, okay. So it's arrogance. Yes. Arrogance. Yeah. Your arrogance swells within you like so many other tyrants. Uh, the second question, when the Sunwell was destroyed and Kael'thas was desperate to regain a magical connection for his people, who did he surrender his will to? The Lich King, the Old Gods, or the Burning Legion? And it's basically, Legion. basically it's um, Yogg-Saron, the Lich King, and Kil'jaeden standing there with Kael'thas bowing in front of them. and. Um, basically, yeah, for, if you say the Lich King, he says, no, that monster took everything from me. If you say the old gods, he says, the old gods held no sway over me. Um, and then the accuser, when you select the correct answer, the accuser says, kill Jaden, exploited your arrogance, paranoia, and obsession to bend you to his will. The final answer, the final question, I should say, uh, the accuser says, I have found the heaviest burden on Kael'thas' soul. How did Kael'thas fail his people? Did he abandon his people, betray his people, or corrupt his people? All of them. That's the trick question. There is no wrong answer. He is guilty of all three. The uh. accuser says, Kael'thas Sunstrider committed all of these sins against his own people. He responds, you cannot judge me. I did what was needed to save my people. Her response, you did what you wanted and everyone else bore your consequences. You failed your people. And so, like, that is a massive just slap in the face and a wake-up call for him to realize just a little bit that he was doing everything for himself, even though he said, oh, you know, it's, it's for the people of Silver Moon. No, it's not. It was never about them. It was all him. Would, would you say that he's experiencing a bit of a setback? A little bit, yes. <laughs> but yeah, so at, at that point, the rest of the souls that were not his are sort of purged from him. And uh, it's you sort of now continue to sort of deal with him through a couple of other quests. Um, for some reason, he's now shirtless. Because it's Revendreth. That's what you do in Revendreth. You don't wear a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, from there, you deal with... A, a plot by the Tithe Lord to siphon anima out of Revendreth into Maldraxxus for some reason. Ah, okay, there you go. This causes a great deal of concern for Ranathal, and he reaches out to some allies in Maldraxxus in regards to what to do next. During this process, the accuser gets you to sort of run around with um we're run around with Kael'thas and sort of help expel some of the extra anima that he has by reanimating Stoneborn and the the Gargons, the the big like the beasts, the four legged 
things that run around. Um, yes. He does nothing but complain the whole time. <laughs> you know, as always, you know, my anima is wasted on trif- such trifling beings. The accuser means to humiliate me, all that stuff. He's going to be in Revendreth for quite a while. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have a feeling as well. There is actually a point where you you fight a a person who is like a usurper who's trying to sort of uh interrupts, you know, dealing with Kael'thas and Kael'thas just automatically you jump into a fight with them and Kael'thas is like, all right, they're at 10% health and he just attempts to just blow them up completely and um, the accuser basically puts a chain around him and is like, no, I'm going to teach you mercy. And so, <laughs> so he she just keeps him chained and, you know, he Obviously, mercy is a weakness, blah, blah, blah. And she's just like, no, you are weakness. Your obsessive arrogance blinds you. Um, it's just, this this campaign is just so much of Kalthas being, I'm evil, and everybody just hitting him with a rolls-up newspaper and being like, no, bad Kalthas. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Nice. That's pretty much all it is. Um That's- I have to say, if you're going to bring Kael'thas back, that's the way to do it and make it fun. Mm. Uh, very well done on Blizzard's part. There, actually, there is a way to read Kael'thas' Sinstone as well in this, um, during these quests. I can, uh, it says, Kael'thas Sunstrider, Lord of the Blood Elves, deserter, traitor, tyrant. In the wake of his people's destruction... Devastation. Kael'thas Sunstrider abandoned the survivors in pursuit of vengeance. Instead of seeking a cure for his people, he led them into corruption for the sake of power. Rather than rebuild his kingdom's legacy, he bartered it to the Legion as a conduit for darkness. Pride, greed, wrath. To redeem this soul, all three must be expunged. So, it's not a long list, but um, those words are very weighty. Yeah, he's. He's not a he's not a cool dude. Um so yeah, so the next the next part you deal with you you start finding hints of Maldraxxus around the place. You find a couple of Venthyr with uh weapons that are too spiky basically for the for, <laughs> it's like this this has too That's many fair. spikes. This is not something that the Venthyr would use. That's um, fair. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think what, because there's a, a couple of things that happen after that. Yeah, so you find out that the some some of the Venthyr are actually in league in league with a lich, which I'm sure you're aware right. of. Um, the accuser sort of says that's something like this has never happened. We have no idea what we should do. Um, give me a moment. I will go speak to Prince Renathal. Look after Kael'thas. Just for a little bit. And as soon as the accuser disappears, he says, My people were massacred, all to raise a lich in undeath. I want to destroy this lich, and you're going to help me do it. And you can't say mm. no. And so, basically, you let Kael'thas drag you around a little bit, killing everything, 
but yeah, so you know, so, wait, so is Kalthos just anti lich in general, or does he is he already have an idea that no, no, this this is this is Kalthazad that we're dealing with here? He it's- doesn't specify, but he makes the comment: um, "My people were massacred. Our sacred font of magic defiled, all to raise a lich in undeath." So, I don't know what his knowledge of the afterlife is, but his first thought might have just been it's a lich, so it has to be Kel'Thuzad. But then again, he doesn't know that, you know, probably a third of Maldraxxus are liches. So, right. like... Well, there's a there's a lich king. It would be kind of weak if the lich king only ruled over Kel'Thuzad. <laughs> mm, that's true. Right. But we don't know. Um, yeah. You know, you find... You, you, you've, you've sort of peeked through a keyhole to see the Tithe Lord speaking with um, basically a cloaked... It says cloaked figure, but they're just a person from Maldraxxus with a cloak on. And it's like, okay, oh, okay. It's, just, it's just a person from Maldraxxus. Um, they mentioned the name uh, Lady uh, Oxara, who I don't think is a name that we know from Azeroth. No. Um, basically, <laughs> we jump into a carriage and get sort of taken to a camp where like we 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 find all the Maldraxxus people are in in Revendreth and Kalthas for somehow says that he can feel the presence of the lich and is like do me a favor let's go have a chat with the lich so you you fight through this mess and you deal with um, Lady Oxara, and he, once you get her down low enough, he puts her in chains and starts to question her. And he's like, you know, why are you sending Animatel Maldrax? Who do you serve? Answer me. And she's just like, you can't stop my master. You know, he's allied with the Banished One himself. And Kalthar's just yelling at her, who is your master? And she's like, I serve the mighty Kalthazard. And, you know, he then, at that, you know, at the mention of that name, destroys her and says, you know, the Defiler of the Sunwell, I will claim justice for Silvermoon. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, you and Uther both want justice, don't you? Justice, in air quotes. But, um, Yeah. However, it, it does feel like there's a bit of a breakthrough in this because after this encounter, he says, um, I will have my vengeance, but I suppose I can afford a measure of patience. Be sure to inform the accuser of my selflessness. And I'm like, hmm, okay, you are thinking way too highly of yourself. You've been here 10 minutes, yes. buddy. Calm down. I'm checking my notes from the Necrolord campaign, and this definitely overlaps with that. Like the at last, I will claim justice for Silvermoon. You're there as a Necrolord when Kaelthas says that, and I didn't write down the name of the Lich Overseer, but I do remember uh, when he chains the when he chains her down and gets her to admit that she serves Kaelthasad. Kel- yeah, so, it's a bunch yeah, of this- it's a bunch of vowels. O u i x apostrophe a r a. It's just a bunch of vowels. That's just evil for a lich to name themselves that. Yeah. Like, I'm going to name myself something you can't pronounce. Uh-huh. Of course. That way, if you have to say their name to complete a spell, you just you just can't. <laughs> like Mitzelplik. Yeah. Definitely. 
Um, you know, you, you speak with Prince Renathal and the Accuser, you know, letting them know that the Tithe Lord is working with Maldraxxus. Um, the Accuser says, you served well today, but nothing has been atoned for. And Kalthas responds to say, you speak of atonement. It is Lich Kalthazard who atoned for his crimes. I will burn his icy bones to ash. And the accuser's response just flat, plain flatly is, focus on yourself. Your hatred only hinders you. So <laughs> he, at, just, at every turn, he's just getting punched in the gut. And I love it. Um, so chapter eight is probably what you're familiar with from Maldraxxus. Uh, Baroness Draka joins you, and together with the help, uh, you help Prince Renathal rally the Tithe Lord's oppressed citizens. Um, actually, I don't think you do this in Maldraxxus' campaign. No. The, 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 no chapter was... 8 in the Maldraxxus, you're, you're all just uh, scouting the House of Rituals. Okay. So basically, Draka comes along to help you, and then you basically rally the the peasants, as it were, push into his the Tithe Lord's um estate and just you know, just mow down all the guards to get to him. Um when you finally get up the hill to him, Kelthazard is there and the Tithe Lord is like, here, Kel'Thuzad, take my medallion, you know, as promised. You take the medallion and then kill everyone. And then Kel'Thuzad is just like, hmm, I have better things to do. And then just portals away. It just leaves okay, him to that die. that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. He says, um... Join me, use the medallion you were given, and together we can crush the Mortwalker. And Kel'Thuzad says, no, I think not. You have served your purpose, now I must serve mine. Uh, he says, where are you going? Uh, to the next part of the plan, of course. Do try to slay some of these obstacles before they destroy you, and then disappears. And so, <laughs> Kel'Thuzad, as always, just backstabbing one after the other. Yeah, as always. But with the Tithe Lord defeated, um, you're able to See, now that, deal with Kel'Thuzad's some of it. Now, Kel'Thuzad's interesting, because from what you're saying with the backstabbing and everything, it sounds like he should be in Revendreth, and he certainly does have sins to atone for, but he yet we find him in Maldraxxus. But then knowing that he's, he's a lich, knowing that his uh, phylactery was lost to the Shadowlands to begin with, it's like, did he ever go through the proper... Channels. channels like I, yeah. I i feel like if he if if he was sorted by the arbiter he would be in revendreth if but he, he wasn't he the question is how did his phylactery end up in the shadowlands in the first place go back and look who got a hold of it was it just someone took it and was like oh yeah a phylactery i'll put that with the rest of them in the shadowlands or in maldraxxus and then when Kel'Thuzad was destroyed, as per the rules of the Lich, you appear within X number of days of your phylactery, and he's just like, what the hell, where am I? And they're like, oh, welcome to the afterlife. And so technically, if we were to break his phylactery and he die, he would then get sucked up and out and then sorted properly. Or go into the Maw, since there's no sorting going well, on, but yes. Uh, 
the the current uh, logistical issue notwithstanding, notwithstanding, he would then die and get sorted, theoretically. And go to the Revendreth, presumably. Presumably. That would make sense. Yes. Because, yeah, yeah, because he's, I mean, and that that could very well be the problem, is that he should not have gone to Maldraxxus, and he did go to Maldraxxus, and because the Primus is missing, he was able to, especially if you suspect that the Primus, the Primus went missing before Warcraft 3, because the Primus had to carve Frostmourne and the Helm of Domination, which means he was already under the... You know, if, assuming you buy into the Primus being the Rune Carver, which I think most people do, but uh, you know, if the Rune Carver created those things, which then those lead to Kelthazad becoming Kelthazad. So yeah, by the time he would have had any chance to show up in Maldraxxus, the Primus is already gone. There's a power vacuum, and he st- sees a way that he can, like you know, play off uh, you know chaos being a ladder, and you know, work his way up to ruling the House of Rituals. Mm. The only issue I have with that is they've said that the Shadowlands don't work with time. So if we try and compare events that happen in the Shadowlands yeah, with the events that happen in Azeroth, they don't. There's no real way of them ever like you're, yeah, you're meeting up. You're, as you're, it you're were. right. You're right. It's but it's if, one of those. Oh. But we know that the uh, the Primus has been gone for a long time. Right. The- well, long Shadowlands time, because Maldraxxus has fallen apart. They've had multiple civil wars, and I doubt each one of those houses falling didn't just happen in an, you know, didn't just happen overnight. Right. So, we're not quite sure. Yeah, Dra- Draca's been with the House of the Chosen for a while, it seems, mm. and it's not... Uh- it's not like she just got there. Yeah, she. she I mean, she worked her way up to to Baron already. I so. would. I would like to see. It would actually have been funny if there was some note where, uh, um, Lady Vash was. Uh, sorry, Baroness Vash was just like, yeah, I've been here a while, but you know, Drak has been here longer, mm-hmm. even though Draka technically. Well, would Draka technically have died? Before or after we took down Lady Vash? Well, uh, well before. I mean, Draka, Draka died uh, bef- before, hey, I guess, close point, to the end of yeah. Warcraft 2. Before, yeah, bef- you know, yeah, Draka died when, when Thrall was the baby. Actually, and yeah, that's Thrall a good point. Thrall is an adult. Yeah. In, uh, I would, in I would like to see someone who has died more recently turn around and be like, no, I've been here longer than, than, than Draka or something. So, Just yeah, to confuse the hell out of everyone. It's like, well, you right. died you only died a week ago. He's like, I've been here what feels like a couple hundred years. And Draka's like, Yeah, I've been here like two weeks. Like in comparison. <laughs> Just to mess with everyone right. because we don't like time doesn't work the same in the Shadowlands. So we don't know what the flow of souls are upon death. Like Yeah, it's it's right. it's no, weird. It- the, the way they've presented time, that's definitely possible that they could do that. Yeah. It would it would be interesting if, like, once everything... If, if we somehow get everything back up and running, you know, the first soul to land in Bastion or in, in Maldraxxus even was, like, Thrall's father. 
<laughs> and it's like, wait, he's been dead a long time. Why is he just here now? And they're like, that's just how it works here. We don't know when they're going to turn up. Like, just, oh, yeah. just to throw everyone off, off, off the, off it. It'd be, it'd be pretty funny. Or, even Trippier, like, we're hanging out with Thrall, and then Thrall shows up in the Shadowlands, like, oh. I'm dead. And we're like, how did you die? And he's like, in like 30 years or whatever, I, you know. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, but you're here now. Okay. He's like, well, I, <laughs> I fell asleep and I woke up here. And we're like, okay, I guess that's a good end eventually for Thrall or something. But yeah, so um, back to it. The medall- so we were able to recover the Medallion of Envy from the Tithe Lord. However, the Medallion of Dominion is what Kel'Thuzad uh, gets away with. Right. From there, it's just like, okay, well, now we have to deal with Kel'Thuzad somehow. Uh, chapter 9, the final chapter, you join Draka and the Necrolord forces to assault Kel'Thuzad at the Necropolis. Um, this is the same as the Necrolord campaign at the end, when yes. you deal with Kel'Thuzad and everything. Um, slightly different angle, I guess you'd say, uh, on everything. Um, Kel'Thas has found a shirt, it seems. He now has a shirt on. <laughs> um, See, I would think it'd be more arrogant to keep going without the shirt. So I guess maybe he he is becoming less arrogant. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, that seems to be. Um, so after, so you, you go through that whole thing dealing with Kel'Thuzad, dealing with the Margrave, um, you know, fight, fighting in those sort of pockets of areas, and then you get to, you know, the fight at the end where you deal with Kel'Thuzad directly, you get a cutscene where, um, what was his name, the one that helps you in the Necrolord campaign, um, the guy that gets, puts the, get, puts the staff into Sindane's hand. Oh, yeah. I, I don't remember uh, his name. I can't think of his yeah. But yeah, no. the, the the guy you help, you put he you know, you release Margrave Sindane. Um Oh, uh the bar oh, what is it? Uh, the Baron uh the B. That that guy, right? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the one that Kel'Thuzad took his place. Yeah. So yeah, yeah basically um Margrave Sindane comes back, you know, the Necrolords take over from there. Draven basically grabs Kel'Thuzad and takes the medallion off him. And that's pretty much it. Um, obviously, Kael'thas wants to, uh, you know, w- wants to kill Kael'thasard and all this. But obviously, as you know, before he gets the chance, that portal opens and the Morsworn just grab Kael'thasard and pull him back into the moor before uh, before anyone gets a gets to do anything. Yeah, right. Balmadar, Balmadar, Balmadar. Yes, that's the that one we're working with. Yes, yes. Now, with that all done, you head back to you head back to the the Covenant Hall. Uh, Prince Renathal places the Medallion of Dominion into the sort of the structure. Um, you hear Denathrius whispering a little bit, and then the accuser reminds Renathal that you know. The lust for power is what ultimately did in Denathrius, um, as it were. 
basically, so at this point, they they mention, look, we have, we don't possess all the medallions, but this should be enough. And they note that even though even though they now have the power to do what they wish with Revendreth, they choose to form a council. So I guess in the end, making that crown didn't really, wasn't really needed because they then decide to, you know, they form a council. The, the three, like the five of them become the new sort of heads of Revendreth. It is weird because there is a seventh medallion that is possessed by the stone right that we don't, deal with at all uh, the medallion mm. of wrath so they have six of the seven but that's mm. we don't we don't know what we don't know what's going on with the seventh because at the point where you visit the stone right um, they're the one that carved all of the gargoyles and everything from for revendreth and brings them to life um, draven goes there with you and is like and she's like you are one of my creations and I will only deal with you, deal with the Moorwalker because of you. And I think she has like, she favors Draven for some reason. And he's just like, just, you know, when we go in there, just don't insult her. Don't, don't, you know, no sudden movements. And then that's it. But there's no further explanation or no further dealings with them, which is really odd. But, um, yeah. All right. So that's pretty much where it wraps up then? Pretty much. All right. So it looks like that should be setting up things well for patch 9.1. Hmm. Uh, next week, we will get into the Bastion campaign, and then uh, and then I'll, I'll have to figure out where we're going from there. Hopefully, Kitty will be back next week. Campaign of greatest um, hits. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I have to say, it's been impressive. To see, you know, like talking through all these, to see all the overlap and the connections between the two. Because even then, in the ba- uh, uh, where I am in the Bastion campaign, I just got to the part where they're like, "And we need to go talk to the the to the the Venthyr. I'm like, "What?" So, like, <laughs> so I mean, and, you know, so it's it's very uh, it's very interesting to see how Blizzard was able to to weave these together. And we talked about this before a little bit, in so far as like in BFA when the the way the the uh, the faction campaigns. Would, the war campaign would merge and you, you know it's like oh like here's an incident you can play through it the horde side or you, you know then you do it on the alliance and you see the alliance side of things and it's like oh like this is why yeah you know this thing was happening here is because you know you did this with the the alliance here yeah but, and then the um uh what they called the class campaigns there was a fair yes. bit of crossover for them and i mean it makes sense because you know even like th- thinking like you know thinking of the what I've done just with Bastion and the Necrolord campaigns the overlap that they've had like the actual questing part when you're out in the world you know taking the from the quest givers and, and doing that part that all overlaps that's all the same so like you know it's a little bit easier on them that they just have to implement one questing path but then like usually the start and the end like you know you talk to a different quest giver at the end and then you might get a cinematic and you go somewhere else just to like wrap up and, and get your, your exposition to, you know, almost like your debriefing mm. that's all different. And, and, you know, and, and what happens there. So it's very, it's very cool to see all that. Uh, but thank you very much Spaz for coming on. No very problem, educational. 
and you, you did a very good job, uh, you know, t- talking us through the Venther uh, campaign. And uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up here. So this has been the Torn and the Goblin number 122. Thank you. Thank you again, Spaz, for, for coming on the show. Thank you to Jarrett for producing. Thank you to Kurabara for editing. Thank you, everybody at home, for downloading and listening. We are at Torn Goblin on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also on YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, Spaz, where can people find you? I am on Twitter at Spaz Wesson. I am on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Spaz Wesson. Um, I stream mostly on the weekends. Uh, yeah, it's about it, really. I <laughs> just stream on the weekends when I have time. Not too much other than that, though. All right. And Katie is at Hyrule Master 77 on Twitter. And you can also find her normally here and also on the Three Goblins in a Trenchcoat podcast. So go check that out. I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, where I talk about guild management and uh, general WoW news. And also on the Mash Those Buttons show, where Jarrett and I talk about uh, what's going on with the latest gaming news. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons and email us at torngoblin at mash.gg. Uh, let us know what you thought of the Revendreth and the, the Venthyr campaign. Uh, if you have any questions or, uh, you know, what you want to see going forward, let us know. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. And visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron-exclusive content, such as my weekly WoW thoughts, where I talk about what I'm thinking about in WoW for about 10 minutes each week. Also, for those in the chat room, please consider a Twitch subscription if you can. And you can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg support. Stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Mash Those Buttons Network. Our next episode is scheduled to record live at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons on April 14th at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. But check Twitter for any updates. For Spaz and Katie, I'm Nick. Ancestors, watch over you. Have a good one. Souls are money, friends. (laughs) (laughs) Arrogance is money, friends. That's what it should be since we're dealing with Kale Fox. Yeah. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at Mash.gg slash Discord. 